So I said, wow, Michelle, this is such a bombshell. I called my brother and he's going to send in his kit today. And hopefully you can get linked with him too. Our dad has always been in our lives and he's a wonderful man. What has your mother told you about your birth father? I'm curious to know if he knows about you. This is Luke, who is your father, and shit is wild out there. I'm your host, Jules. I'm Ricky. I'm Kenny. And this is season two of Luke, Who Is Your Father. This season, we've turned the mic over to you, the listeners, to tell us about your family scandals, trials, and triumphs, and it is not for the faint of heart. A gentle reminder that the opinions and experiences expressed in this episode are those of our guests who we were so lucky to have, especially this week because we had three, a whole family unit together. You can see this episode and all of our episodes and bonus content by subscribing to Luke Who Is Your Father on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok at Luke Who Is Your Father Pod, at Ricky Jump, and at Jules Who Is Your Father. And follow us on Instagram at Luke Who Is Your Father at Ricky Jump, and at KennyK23. You can also subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon! (laughs) On their app or at patreon.com slash Father. Our Patreon is a place for us to have a little bit of fun, lighten the mood a little bit. Yes, that's an English accent, and it's a bolder thing. Lighten the mood a little bit. You'll get access to monthly virtual happy hours with us, special DIA or Daddy Issues Anonymous episodes, and exclusive content. We so appreciate your support and would love if if you could just take one minute to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, family, ex-boyfriend, ex-roommate, ex-mom, whoever you think would appreciate it, or just enjoy it all together. We are loving all of the reviews we've received so far, both glowing and constructive (laughs) and uh it just really means a lot to us and helps us out when you take the time to write out your thoughts rather than just hitting those five stars so if you have the time let her rip we are ready and we are growing thicker skin ready willing and able (laughs) if you have a story of your own to share of the who's your daddy variety you can submit on luke where you can also read our bios any mentions in the press or on other podcasts we always love to do that as well and see all of the platforms that we are streaming on if you are new here we are triplets who were separated at birth reunited and found our biological father through ancestry dna and this season we're really diving into stories that kind of share that same vein and just stories of the who is your father variety, whether it's someone that you didn't know, just diving into that relationship more. So we would love to hear anything that you guys have to offer. So for today, we will start out with our favorite question. And I'm going to start with Kendaloni. What is your favorite holiday and why? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I have a really hard time with this because I, I kind of just enjoy fall it's the and winter, season. the holiday season <laughs> as a whole. Um, 
Kendall's favorite holiday is the holiday season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I so like stoked it. for fall and winter. <laughs> so you just prolong it as long as necessary. I, just I weave them do. into one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing. I feel All that. Yep. I feel like a lot of people are going to have that in common with Kendall. I, I support the opinion. Perfect. How about, how do you, you have the same one or do you have a different holiday? <laughs> I mean, I'm inclined to say that I do have the same one, but I will call out Christmas specifically. Christmas is a time to imagine that you're in Hogwarts. It's a time to imagine that you're in the grand rooms with the red velvet fluffy chairs and eating chocolate frogs and drinking butterbeer. Christmas is just a time to be cozy and be with family. Ricky's wedding and Pinterest board is making a lot more sense right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Ricky's favorite holiday is, it's not even Christmas, it's Cozy. Hogwarts Common Room. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> My favorite holiday is Hogwarts Common Room. We're going to, Kendall, maybe we should get that for Ricky's birthday gifts. We should buy, you know how you can do that? You can buy like a day. And we should make it Hogwarts Common Room Day. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Holiday. <laughs> Music to my ears. Julian, what is yours? Best for last, as usual. I absolutely cannot stand holidays. I don't really like any of them that much. I'm not a hugely festive person. Not a decorator. Uh, I like going to other people's houses that are decorated for the holidays. But altogether, I am not the most festive person. If I had to pick one, uh, wow, yeah. St. Patrick's Day? But, I mean, when I was in college, I used to in love St. Patrick's Day, Kendall. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm just going to break the mold and go 4th of July, not because of the holiday, but because it's very close to our birthdays. So it's reminiscent. birthday counts as a holiday. You know what? <laughs> Fuck 4th of July. My favorite holiday is the 6th of July. Hell yeah. Because yeah. it is our birthday. Speaking of holidays, before we move on, it is... Our guest's birthday this week. So I just want to throw that out there. We'll get into who that is as Juliet introduces, well, all of them. Um, but yeah, don't forget to uh, mention that. And happy birthday! I absolutely will. Today's guest, guests, uh, is the first guest is actually a mutual friend of Ricky's. Her name is Erica, who we found by way of. I believe TikTok. She's quite the she's quite the TikToker. Absolutely. We didn't find her by way of TikTok. I know we did. I f- I got to know her by way of TikTok. Ricky has mutual friends with her from childhood, adult, young adulthood, and she has quite the story to tell us. That does it roots in ancestry, twenty three and Me DNA matches, and she was kind enough to be so excited about her story that it's actually going to be Erica. Her sister Michelle and her daddy, Daddy Dirk, Daddy Dirk. They are all just three incredibly amazing people. And this episode, we're so excited. It's the first time that instead of it being an assault of three on one person, it's three, the three of us uh, interviewing a family of three. Their story is so special. It's actually still unfolding it's unfolded very very recently and having both sisters perspective and the perspective of their father is just going to be incredibly special so without further ado we welcome erica michelle and dad daddy dirk daddy dirk 
everyone. We are pretty inordinately excited to be joined by Erica, Dirk, and Michelle, our first whole-ass family on here, <laughs> <laughs> and all of whom are really fun. So this should be, while sometimes heavy in content, light in tone, which we are excited about. First, we have Erica. Erica and I are connected via our mutual friends, Jade and Jake, who I'm sure have gotten a shout out before and we'll get a shout out again. But Erica is also a badass mama and a prolific TikToker. So go and follow her. We're here with her sister, Michelle, who is a born and raised Chicagoan and a mom to dogs and kitties, which we <laughs> love over here at Luke, who is your father. And then we have Dirk, their dad. The our, one who started our, it all. The one who started it all. Dirk is a sales manager, extraordinaire dad and badass for being brave enough to be on here with us welcome to the family how are you guys good good, good. great yeah good i also want to mention this is the first first podcast that we've recorded where we are all imbibing in a beverage cheers adult <laughs> beverage cheers, cheers. everyone <laughs> it just uh... i don't want to show my <laughs> <laughs> Kennel's drinking out of a <laughs> mason jar. It's mostly kombucha. <laughs> um, but yes, we are so excited. Erica and I, again, we know each other through mutual friends who all ended up reaching out to me at the same time and just saying, you know, you absolutely have to have Erica on the podcast because man, does she have a story to tell. And she has been one of our favorite fans to date and she is just hilarious so erica do you want to uh talk about i mean what the fuck you're doing here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i would love to um so yeah basically um jade and jacob i worked with them um and they told me about the podcast when it first came out i started listening to it i would travel back to tennessee for holidays or whatever and it would just be on the entire time and so I really got involved very quickly <laughs> um and I, one of them mentioned that you guys were looking for guests for the show to tell their stories um so I said that would be great that would be me uh, because I do have a sister that I found on 23 and me uh that I had no idea about so that's I think we kind of made the connection and then it's just been a girl gang ever since and we've loved it and then of course dad girl gang plus well. Dirk. Dirk, girl yes. plus Dirk. <laughs> yes. well we're so excited to have you and obviously having three family members on with different vantage points of the story is something that we've only done with ourselves <laughs> so we should be able to navigate it not seamlessly, there's no way, but uh, we should be able to navigate that. And we did think that probably Michelle was best to start with. And as you know, we all like to start at the beginning. So I grew up in Chicago. Um, my mother, she had me when she was almost 21, a month before she turned 21. And I was always told that my father was around. I was a surprise. And once I was born, he, he, he was around, but he couldn't handle it and left. And she kind of was always very quiet about him. She wouldn't tell me anything. I would cry about ethnicity or just, just little things that I wanted to know. And she would never give me anything. And she told me like she had signed some sort of contract that gave up, he gave up parental rights and she would not pursue child support. So I'm not sure how much of that is true. Obviously some of that is not true. Um, so just, I... Just to clarify, Michelle, she said it was someone besides me. Yeah, it was a different, it was a, she gave me a different name, a different person. No idea. Um, he picked it. Okay. My subversion. 
So I, I grew up thinking that, you know, I, I had a father out there that lived in the area still and just didn't just didn't care, never cared enough to even reach out to me. And um, I had a, a very, a pretty rough childhood. My mom got married when I was three and he was, or, or became an alcoholic. So we had a lot of issues with that. He was um, abusive. And so it was a rough childhood. And, and I kind of always had like this little fantasy that, you know, my father was going to come and my real father was going to come and save me. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was a little bit rough at times. And when you would ask your mom and she would sort of divert you or not give you much information. What exactly would she say? You know, she would, a lot of times she would say, because she signed this contract that it, it stated that I, she wouldn't never contact him and she would never give me his last name. I think I was about 30. Um, and I asked her and she wouldn't tell me. And I, you know, <laughs> I said, I'm like, well, what if, you know, if they're in the area and he has other children, I'm like, I could have, I could date one. You never know. And so she, she gave me the last name. Um, and I, <laughs> nice. I looked him up on nice Facebook <laughs> and I confirmed, I showed her a picture and she confirmed that that was him. So I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where, where the truth is. And, and not, I told her when I had submitted for the DNA test and I, I told her too, I'm like, I, you know, I might, I might blow up his family. I might make a situation, but I kind of didn't care. I was very kind of bitter about the whole thing. So I was like, you know what, I may, I might at the best get a sibling out of this, but I really had very low expectations. Mm -hmm. Well, I can certainly understand being bitter. <laughs> Would you say, when you say, you know, there's a possibility that I might blow up his family, but I was feeling, it, it, I mean, it sounds like you were feeling like that was well within your right at this, at that point. Yeah. You know, I figured, you know, I'm, I'm 42 now. I was 41 when I did the test and you know, we're all adults now. It's if he has children, they're going to be adults. So it's not like I'm, yeah, you know, but if he had to face consequences for that, I didn't really care. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a little mad. So, yeah. And that would be my question. Aside from you thinking that he might show up for you on a white horse, <laughs> were you also feeling that sense of abandonment from him? Like wondering why he would leave you hanging high and dry in the fashion that your mom said he would or did? Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he would, he knew about me, supposedly, and never tried to reach out. You know, my, my grandmother lived in the same house that she did when they were dating. My mom lived there at the time. Same phone number. Um, my last name is pretty distinct. And everybody in the area with that last name is related to me and can reach me. So it, it, it wouldn't be a hard a hard find. So I just, I just thought that he just couldn't care and, and just didn't care that I was out there. And yeah, that was a hard pill to swallow. And I think too, if I had um, maybe a better family growing up and a, a more of a, a father figure, I probably wouldn't have cared as much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Did you, you said your mom got married when you were three? Yeah. Okay. And your step, do, are they still married? No. Um, they were together for about 13 years. When I was 15, he actually kicked her out, which is just kind of ironic. <laughs> I had been like begging her to leave him for years and years and, and she just never would. And finally he kicked her out. And, and that was, that was pretty much the end. I had a little bit of a relationship for a few years, but he's, he's just not a healthy person to, to have a relationship with for me. Yeah. So did you have, was it more of a distance relationship or a distant relationship with him growing up or was it more of a toxic relationship? So for the first three years, my mother, since she was very young, she lived at home. So I had, I did have my grandparents um, and my two uncles. And so I grew up the first three years in a house with five adults and I was kind of the center of attention and very much, you know, 
spoiled and 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 then she took me out of that and and made me live with a, a stranger basically and so I had some issues accepting him and he didn't take that I think too well and then when I was five they had my brother so I have a half brother and I think you know once he maybe had a, a a true child it was just a different relationship and we just we just never got along we just never did mm-hmm. did it ever have you asked or did it ever occur to anyone if you weren't getting along in that capacity at all to just let you go back and live with your grandparents yes um my grandparents actually at one point wanted to adopt me and um, they're from Hawaii and they wanted, they had always planned to move back to Hawaii and they wanted to take me with them. And my mother would not have it. And I have some thoughts about that. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, it would have been a very beautiful and nice childhood. I, all her family is there. I would have had a lot of family um, and a lot of community. And I feel like maybe she, my mother thought it was a selfless choice at the time, but I think it was actually pretty selfish of her. But yeah, no, my grandparents tried for years. They, they saw a lot of what was going on and, and, trying to help me. And, but yeah, my mother was just not having it. Yeah. I think we run across that a lot where a parent thinks that because they're the birth parent, it's their duty, no matter what, to keep the child, even though it's a totally unsuitable situation for them. Do you subscribe to the belief? Like now are you like, but that's good because I ended up the way that I was and the, or the way that I am and the butterfly <laughs> effect and what have you. Or can you still look back on that and say, no, I wish that I had had a childhood in Hawaii. I mean, I try and I try not to like dwell on those things. You know, I obviously am a product of everything that's happened to me. And, and so I, I try to think of that in that way. You know, I, I am who I am because of everything. And I'm, you know, I'm very independent, I think, because of a lot of those things, um, very strong in a lot of ways. And I don't know, I don't know what kind of person I would have been. So I try not to worry and think about like the what, what could have been, you know. So you, like when you were growing up in that environment and becoming a becoming a teen and then a young adult, is it was it really poignantly and heavily weighing on you or something that was more distant in your mind to, to figure out exactly who your father was? No, I mean, I... I thought I knew who he was, you know, and I didn't, I had actually found him on Facebook when she told me his last name, like 10 or 12 years ago. And I thought about reaching out and I was, you know, I was like, I don't have anything good to say. I really would, it would be not nice. And, and so I kind of, I don't know, I almost did the DNA like five years ago and I just wasn't sure. And so I, I didn't think that there was really anything father-wise out there for me. So it wasn't, I wasn't trying to figure out who he was really. Right when I did do the DNA test, it was really more to, to maybe find a sibling and also medical, you know, you go to the doctor and, and they ask you about your history. And I, you know, I only have half of the information. So yeah, I thought it was a good idea to do that at least. Yeah. Going yeah. back, sorry, cool. going back to, cause that something stuck out to me because Ricky and Kendall and I have had to deal with a lot of, well, I mean, mostly Ricky where people have a lot to say about uh, Kathleen giving Ricky's mom, giving two babies up for adoption. And when you said, you know, I think she felt like that was a selfless choice to keep you. And in your mind, it was more a selfish choice. What did you kind of mean by that? Um, you know, I think about to that situation and then, you know, her, whatever truth there is to her, um, you know, having my supposed father sign away his, his rights. You know, I, I just, I always felt like both of those, she felt like maybe she was the martyr and she was, you know, taking the sacrifice for her child. But I think in both instances, it wasn't in my best interest. And I think she knew it. And that's, that's what hurts, you know. It's yeah. almost like maybe some pride where like she would have to explain 
why she let you go or whatever and yeah, just she didn't want to be a failed to. mother mm-hmm. yeah yeah or someone why someone else would be a better choice what was your relationship like with your mom before she got married and then what was your relationship like with your mom after she got married so when she got married I was three so I you know I'm not sure I know we were we were very close we were very close through like my preteens and teenage years but more in a friend way I think it wasn't necessarily a healthy relationship to discuss you know her relationship with me and that's not necessarily things that maybe were appropriate I think it was more that she wanted a friend um, so we never really had like a mother-daughter relationship. The rare occasion she would try to to be a mother, I, I would fight it because it was just, we just kind of had a friend relationship. And it wasn't until I was maybe 19, 20 and really like looking into um, my trauma and trying to heal. And I tried to to confront her about my stepfather and his alcoholism and the abuse. And um, she she took no blame for it. It was, you know, she's the victim. And she would take no responsibility for for putting us in that situation and and keeping us in that situation. And that's when our our relationship started to break down. We didn't talk for years. And then eventually we started talking again. And it was more either I have no relationship with her or I have like a guarded relationship with her. And that's we've had a guarded relationship since then. What was her relationship like with your half-brother? They were... I mean, they were always good. Um, he dealt with a lot of the same things that I did. I think, you know, I had it maybe a little rougher, but he definitely dealt with a lot of um, abuse. It was physical and emotional. And, you know, to this day, my my brother's kind of like me. He has a relationship with her, but it's strained. She has a tendency to exaggerate and make things about her and, and create stories. And so it, it's it's hard. It's hard to have you know, a close relationship with her. When you say that you have a guarded relationship with her on occasion, if you're speaking at all, same with your brother, does it feel like she is frustrated by that or wants to push that boundary at all? I, I do find her, she'll be very, very nice to me, try to be very kind. And, and I think she, she she wants a better relationship, but she's not willing to, to do any of the work to get there. I, I would be absolutely open to having a better relationship with her if she would be willing to discuss any of the myriad of things that have happened but but she's not and she she won't take any blame for it ever and so until that happens it's it, it is what it is and I think that's so poignant with when you're talking about like a younger a younger mom obviously to feel like more of a friend and then there's just like you said, when she's trying to have a more, you know, more serious or more authoritative role in your life, I think it's really hard to take that seriously when that respect and authority hasn't been established. So when you now when you look look at her relationship with her, do you see almost yourself more in like the parent role or kind of the, you know, as the like wiser or just more informed one in the relationship? Yeah, and I think it's been like that for a long time. So you decide, at, you said 41? Yes. 41. Again, get on YouTube, people. About fell out of my chair. <laughs> you know, I and would, I would have said 32. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Easily. Yeah, I, I, I put it off for years and I wanted to do it. And um, I, a little bit was, you know, I just, I don't know if I want my DNA out there, you know, it's just a little scary. In case you um, commit a murder. Yeah. yeah. And then again, like, I didn't think there was a good, good, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't think there was a happy ending. I didn't think there was uh, a good story to it. So if I had known, 
Um, yeah, I would have done it years ago. You would have done me good. Level, I wish that you could see the juxtaposition between you and some people that we've interviewed this season. <laughs> where like all they're hoping for is the happy ending by taking that DNA test. And when that doesn't happen, holy shit, it is a disaster. Devastated, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a very wise approach to take. Go on. Yeah, so I just, finally I did it. And um, I told my mother I was doing it. And um, how, I, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. But how did you feel about that? Because uh, I'm, did she know that she was lying to you? About who your father was. Okay. I, I That's right. I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm waiting for Julianne to say, I'm sure she was shitting her pants. I'm sure. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the thing. That's what drives me crazy is she, even if she didn't know, she had an idea. Right. Um, so the fact that I told her I, I had submitted the test and she didn't say anything to me. And I, you know, I made a comment. I'm like, I might blow this guy's life up, but I don't really care. And she, nothing to say about it. So, yeah. Um, and then about two weeks after I did it, I, I got a match for a, a half sister and immediately <laughs> went on, you know, the Internet to, to Google her. And I think you might have she talked already about this, but I didn't. talking at that point? <laughs> no. Well, she was. I didn't know about it. But yeah. <laughs> And I did like, I found her Facebook page and did a little sleuthing and I, I, I saw Dirk and I was like, well, that's not, that's not the name I was given. So, that's when I so reached were out you like, oh no, if I'm, if I connect with this woman, is there a chance that I am going to tell her that her dad, that she thinks is her dad is not her dad? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I got the results on Friday and I don't think I messaged her until Monday because I didn't know. And I, I didn't, I didn't want to blow up her whole life and her whole family. This was like right before Thanksgiving too. So it was, holidays were coming and I was really scared. And so, yeah, I just, I sent her a little message and I was like, Hey, you know, I, I'm so sorry. Do you have your <laughs> phone yeah. with you? Yeah. Can you find it? And do you have the app? Um, could yeah. you see the message? <laughs> and <laughs> while you're finding that, I just want to say, I had no idea that you had like sleuthed me and that you already knew who dad was. Oh yeah. And I didn't want to you... say that because I didn't want to come off like super creepy. Um, <laughs> and when you messaged which... me, I was almost like protecting him being like, you give me more information before I reveal him, you, <laughs> you slut. Like, I was, yeah, I was so protective. I was like, who are you? You already had the privilege to be like, oh, we have like the same jawline. Like the mm-hmm. cheeks are the same. Like you could already see the similarities, I'm sure. And then yeah. I'm just here in the dark. <laughs> being observed, being perceived. So the initial message. Hi, my name is Michelle. I hope this isn't too weird for you, but you came up as my half-sister. I've never met my father, and I'm very curious to learn about that side of my family. Please reach out if you feel comfortable. Thanks. That was it. And I just want to preface this with I literally just left therapy when I received (laughs) this message. I was on my way back to work from therapy, and I was like, what? Just turn that car around, girl. Yes, yes. (laughs) So I said, wow, Michelle, this is such a bombshell. I called my brother and he's going to send in his kit today and hopefully you can get linked with him too. Our dad has always been in our lives and he's a wonderful man. What has your mother told you about your birth father? Father, I'm curious to know if he knows about you. Oh Erica, how long had you been on 23andMe at this point? Oh, a year at least and okay. never had any hits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then Michelle, what did you say? 
I said, um, my mother told me his name was blank and they were very young and he couldn't handle having a child, but I suspect my mother was, has either exaggerated the story or completely made it up. There are things that don't add up. Her name is blank and we were both born and raised in Chicago. I'm so excited at the thought of having more siblings. Um, I have a half brother. I hope this wasn't too much of a shock for you. I was kind of expecting an unknown match, but I've, um, but I must've come out of nowhere. So. Okay. So Erica, before we transition over to you, because we're entering Erica, (laughs) 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 Michelle, when she, when you got that hit and she messaged back, And this is the result that you're looking for. Like you are hoping for additional siblings. You spent your time over the weekend stalking her on Facebook. What the fuck is going through your head? Are you, what? Tell me everything. (laughs) You know, I was so excited. I never, I never really let myself um, expect anything from this test. So I was so excited to have a sister. So excited to have found my father. We hadn't connected yet, but I mean, just to have a sister was just, it was so exciting to me. And just the fact that she replied and didn't ignore me or, you know, lambast you or interested or yeah, yeah. You know, she was very open and welcoming and yeah, there was a little bit of, she was a little guarded in the first few messages, you know, and then, but, but with reason, you know, I came out of nowhere. So could you like sleep? Were you like... (laughs) Or did you look through, did you see photos of Dirk on her Facebook? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you see a resemblance there? I do. I do. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny because so I'm half Japanese. So, you know, we have very different features. It explains Um, the looking 32 thing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think especially with Erica and I don't know if it's just because we're both female um, but I, like I see the cheeks and the chin and the nose and it's a little different, but it's definitely, it's just, it's funny. Cause yeah, I, I can see a resemblance. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, you have made contact with Erica. You've spent the whole weekend stewing over this. You're getting more information by the minute. Did you reveal this to your mom? I did not tell my mother until, so this was like mid November when we found the, got the results. I did not tell my mother until end of April when on my drive down to go to Tennessee to meet everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a so I, I knew I had to tell her before I met everybody. And I, I literally just waited till the last minute. What was the reasoning? Was it just something you wanted to keep to yourself? Partially, I wanted to, originally, I wanted to have a face-to-face conversation with her. So I just, so I could read her face as I tell her things or as, you know, but she, she lives like about 65, 70 miles away. So it was just hard to go and see her and and we were fighting as well. So I just never got around to it. And I just kept, I'm a procrastinator. So I waited to the absolute last minute. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Are you, would you, was that you avoiding conflict at all or truly? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And then too, like, I, I also wanted to just be kind of, I think a little calculated about how I approached it um, to, to, to try to get the, the most story out of it as I could. You know, I, I had to think about how I was going to um, tell her and, and what questions I would ask. And because I just, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, what she was going to tell me or, or what was truth and what was lies. 
And so I kind of wanted to, to be able to fact check her a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you find out your boyfriend's cheating on you and you have all of the information and you give him a chance to tell you the truth, but you're ready to slap him with mm-hmm. the PDF <laughs> document if he doesn't tell you the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I also had calmed down a lot and I was in a cooler place where I could talk to her rationally, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's something too. I didn't want to come in too hot or, or just blow up and not get anything from her, not get any answers. Michelle, I think that we want to loop back around to that conversation with your mom as we make our way around to Dirk. So I think it's a good time to go over to Erica to understand where we are. We have to go back to where we started. So enter Erica. (laughs) (laughs) It's you. You. (laughs) Tell us about you growing up. Oh, Lord. All right. So growing up, it was me and my brother, John, and my mom and dad. It was great. So mom and dad built the house that we lived in our entire childhood. It was a beautiful property. Um, Was that in Springfield? No, it was in Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, it, that all, that's where our dad's still there. So yeah, so beautiful property uh, that we grew up on. We had a wonderful childhood. Dad is the best dad, hands down. That's my dude. <laughs> my dude, Daddy Dirk. Um, <laughs> I always rave about him. He's always, you know, he's just my guy. And I think it's a lot to say with him uh, because I don't think that he had the best childhood. So we were talking about earlier, people just kind of repeating the cycle and dad was adamant that he was going to break that cycle. And he did. And, um, my mom was a great mom and it was just me and John our entire lives. And we all kind of lived semi-normal lives. I mean, mom and dad got divorced when I think I was 21, which is the worst decision they could have made. (laughs) But other than that, John had already moved to Austin and then it was just me and dad for a while. And we lived together and I moved to Springfield. We did the whole thing, got engaged, married, had two children. And then 20, what, 2022 was an insane year for me. Okay. I'm getting divorced. I'm moving out. I'm figuring out how to be a single mom all by myself. I started a new job with Jacob and Jade. Um, And that was like kind of all the beginning of the year. And I was like, okay, we can take a breather. And then in November, I get this message from Michelle. You were leaving therapy. Did it pop up as like a notification? Oh, yeah. I am the interviewer. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was enthralled. (laughs) How far far apart in age were you and John? Two years. Okay. So he's two years, two months to the day older than me. So yeah, it was just very normal. Him and I had a again, a great childhood and we kind of got along, not really, (laughs) but that's, you know, just a sibling thing. We're a lot closer now. And he was actually the first person I called after I got Michelle's message. And I was just like, dude, what the fuck is (laughs) happening right now? And he kind of, he's very intelligent. You know, he remembers a lot of stuff and he's like, well, dad did live in Chicago whenever Michelle would have been born. So that's kind of how that conversation escalated as well. Oh, very mm-hmm. cool. I always wonder this because I feel like in life, it's it's harder to deal with change and like loss and stuff when you see that person or those people every single day. So like, I always wonder if divorce at a later age when you're grown up and kind of doing your own thing versus formative years 
is kind of an easier pill to swallow. Is that your experience at all? It was maybe easier because I had the like emotional intelligent bandwidth to uh, realize what was going on. It was not easy though. Obviously they've been together my entire life, but it was beneficial. They, towards the end, especially, it was just very unhealthy. And that's being a parent who's also divorced. That's not the image that you want to show your children. You don't want to say, this is how, this is love. And this is what it's supposed to be just because we're married. And honestly, I think that that gave me a lot of courage and I don't know, insight into leaving my own marriage. So Mm -hmm. my children were very young. They were four and not even two whenever Jeff and I divorced. And it just was so much healthier for them. And that's, again, about breaking the cycle. It's like, we're not going to stay together just because we're married and that's what you're supposed to do. This is so much healthier for our children. And it is. We're great co-parents. Our children are both very happy. So I think ultimately it is a little easier when you're older, but it still sucks when you're young. So (laughs) you can kind of flip the trope on its head and be like, we're divorcing for the kids. Exactly. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. I think that needs to happen a lot more often. This is really crazy. Maybe it's crazier if you're on the YouTube, but I've never seen a child talk about their parents' divorce, at least intelligently, in front of the parent. And it's really amazing. (laughs) Again, Daddy Dirk is my dude. (laughs) He's, He's honestly, he's the best dad. And I'm so, a lot of Michelle's story makes me really sad because, I mean, you guys talked very fondly of your fathers as well. And that's a lot about how I feel about dad. And he knows this and he is probably like my go-to. He's my number one. We know this. <laughs> and it, it breaks my heart for Michelle because she wasn't able to experience, you know, the, the beauty and the everything that he bring, brings to the table, you know, when she was growing up, especially when you think about the fact that her mom was like, Oh, your dad doesn't want you. And that's turned out to be totally, totally not the case. So I think there was a lot of that when Kendall, you know, because Kendall and I just grew up in a totally different situation than Ricky. Mm-hmm. And and I and again, it's something that we've encountered time and time again. And I guess it's hard not to. It would be more st- of a statistical anomaly to have two children separated grow up in exactly the same circumstances. But it does. It stirs up a lot of and and we'll we'll ask Michelle too. But I mean, it can. Ca- guilt almost for being in a situation that can be perceived as healthier or better. So you feel just so bad for the the person that grows up in the other situation. And then of course, if you're the one that grows up in the, in the situation that is a little bit less desirable to then see what could have been, it's just a whole mixed, whole mixed bag. And I know that's tough on both sides, but also I think super beautiful to obviously have found each other now and be able to kind of cross that bridge. Sorry, Kendall, go on ahead. No, and I think also, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think through doing this, we've kind of learned we feel bad. Ricky doesn't necessarily hold that. And it kind of seems like that's the same thing with Michelle. Um, So I'm wondering if there's something you got like heart of your stock because you had like, yeah, well, I had to guard your hearts. It's normal to we feel bad because we would want the best for our sibling and our sibling doesn't feel bad because they would want the best 
for us you know oh, does that ring true I at all i'm just a petty bitch yeah yeah the jealous cat the jealous cat <laughs> okay so bad okay so ricky what did you want to ask erica why she took a dna test no I, no no i wanted <laughs> turns well, out i'm a hundred percent the first canceled. one to make the straight up oh, canceled yeah. <laughs> she's canceled <laughs> Somebody, this is just funny though. Somebody, I don't remember who coined it. They said, was it you, Michelle? I don't remember. Took a DNA that turns out I'm a hundred percent Derek Witts. <laughs> yeah, I was going to post that on Facebook, but. That's the title. That's the title, yeah, that's the title of the episode. <laughs> okay. Why did you, because our, Michelle had a reason to take a DNA test, right? A very mm -hmm. distinct, this, I want to figure out who my biological father is. For you, what was your what was your motive there? I didn't really have one. I just was interested mainly to see, oh, what am I? <laughs> it turns out I'm just really white, but that's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I um, could have never guessed. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> Ginger with blue eyes. Who knew? Okay, you take, you take your DNA test. You get this message. So we've heard it from Michelle's side. Obviously, when she got her results, reached out to you. And obviously got to hear these messages, but tell us really what you were feeling because this was totally unexpected for you and how that conversation went with your brother and then ultimately Daddy Dirk here. I, I, you always get notifications on 23andMe. It'll say you have new relatives or a relative has messaged you. In my experience, like even through Ancestry without doing the test and when people were really big into building their trees, uh, you would get that kind of stuff too. And it's always, I always just kind of blew it off because it's, fourth cousins or it's like mm -hmm. somebody that may have known your grandmother that's messaging messaging you trying to figure out their family tree so when I got the message I like emails me and it gives me a notification through 23andMe and again I was leaving therapy so I think I turned my phone off of do not disturb and then like all these the notifications come up so I can see the first part of the message and it says you know this may be a surprise to you, but you came up as my half-sister. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> wait a second. And to be totally honest, and I think I've told Michelle this too, is I thought it was a scam or something. Just because, again, dad is just the dude. I've never heard a peep about a sibling, another sibling. And I just know who dad is a person, is as a person. And even if he would have had a child at a young age, I think after he had me and my brother, he would have gone and sought that out hundred percent. So I'm thinking it's a scam. Again, there's no picture. It's a first initial in her last name and it's a Japanese last name. And it's just, I was like, what is this? Like, you know, what is this bullshit? You know, and again, I was very uh, protective of dad and in the messages, it's kind of like, well, that's not my dad's name. So, you know, you need to tell me more. And then it kind of, I don't even, it just escalated into, okay, I'll have a conversation with him. And uh, obviously my brother, John was shocked and him and I are trying to figure it out. We also stalked you the second, because you said <laughs> my name's Michelle. So then I had your first and last name. And so we stalked you immediately. There's not much to find about you. Unfortunately, <laughs> there was like one picture, maybe, I don't know. So then I have the conversation or I just know I, I have to tell dad, I have to get dad's side of the story. So you guys did not decide to tell him together. No, I okay, did tell so. him that I was going to call dad. Okay. And, and again, I was at work and I'm very impulsive and I couldn't, there was, Michelle waited the whole weekend to message me. There's not a shot in hell <laughs> that I would have been able to wait that long. I go into a conference room. I call dad and he's at work, but he's, I call him all the time. 
<laughs> crying, whatever. So he's just like, hey, what babe, what's that? going on? <laughs> or he calls me EK. Hey, EK, what's up? And um, you, Erica, you called him when you knew he was at work? Sure did, oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Ruthless. <laughs> Consequences of your actions, babe. It's not, <laughs> this is not my fault. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you call me at work. He's yes. non plus. Okay. Yes. So he answers and I said, dad, I have something to tell you. First of all, I'm not kidding. Second of all, I don't know how to tell you. So I'm just going to say it. And he's like, okay. He's probably thinking like, are you pregnant? Like, oh, what is again? <laughs> yeah, again, girl. Like, I don't know. So I just told him, apparently I have a sister and the line is silent. And he said, oh, <laughs> And I said, here's the information that I have. Her mom's name is this. She's this old. She's this. This is her name. This is where she lives. Uh, and dad just, I think, was a little shocked, not surprisingly. And I said, I didn't know how to tell you. And it's eating me alive. And he said, well, I do remember that woman. And how did you find this out again? And I it was like, have Whoa. sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. <laughs> And it was, I told him it was a 23 and me, you know, so obviously, you know, if you remember, and when he said that he remembered the woman that immediately it all clicked. And I was like, it has to be true. Mm -hmm. It has to be true. Especially if he remembers her, you know, it had to be something special. Um, I remember her, not. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like a, mm, it was like, a, oh yeah, I remember her, you know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that sealed everything for me. And I think that after I talked to Michelle or I'm sorry, after I talked to dad, that's when I kind of broke that ice with Michelle and was like, okay, now that I know that you're not a scammer and you're not full of shit. Do you remember Erica telling me that she told him and that she wasn't sure if he would want to talk to me or have a relationship mm -hmm. with me and I was like trying to be cool and play it off and I you know I was happy to have a sister but I was like Again. a little disappointed but it was like I think like not even 12 hours like the next morning she's like okay he wants to talk to you here's his number so <laughs> he just needed to he needed a beat he needed a, yeah. I needed a minute yeah. yeah yeah Michelle you were hoping this was the outcome you were hoping for Erica, how did it feel to know that you had like an actual honest to God sister? Like, were I you was immediately just, like, just, <laughs> I was so happy. because like, again, I was raised with a brother and it's just not the same. Again, we're Dexter and Didi, we're polar <laughs> opposites. I love him. We love each other, but it's just like, oh, he makes me listen to dumb music. We don't like the same shows. Like it's just very opposite. So to have a sister was insane and I was extremely happy and her and I have talked about this too where you guys probably feel this too in a way where it's like once it all the math added up it didn't feel it felt like oh that's what I've been missing or like it just felt so ah oh, what's the word I wasn't shocked I was just like Oh, it all makes sense now, you know. I was all in uh, immediately. <laughs> and I feel like Michelle was too. And we, what, we text for a while. And we finally had a phone call. This is after, like, her and dad had talked for a little bit. Her and John had talked for a little bit. And we FaceTimed. And we ended up talking for, like, two, three hours, something. And it was just great. And we've kept in contact ever since. We're actually going on a girls trip next month which I'm so excited about. And eventually after talking for a little bit, we all decided to meet. I think that was always kind of the plan, but we just wanted to make sure all the dust had settled and we were all comfortable with it. So 
Michelle came from Chicago. I came from Springfield. John came from Austin. And we all met at dad's house. Oh, my God. And Man. before you guys tell the reunion story. Yeah. Which yes, yes, yes. I'm so happy that you guys both kind of found each other and that it was mutually reciprocated because we've had mm -hmm. stories where that was not the case. And it's barely Sad. heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. You get this phone call from America. Where do, where are you transported to in time? Well, you know, obviously back to, back to Chicago when I lived there. And I only lived there for a few years. I remembered Michelle's mom. We we worked together in a large office, but we weren't really like in the same department or anything. But, I, you know, that's where I knew her from. And uh, I don't know, when Erica called me, I mean, I was just for a few days just, just devastated. That, that had a child out there that was never never knew her father, never thought she had a father, had wanted anything to do with her. And uh, you know, it's part of my identity is is I'm, you know, a pretty decent father. So that really tore at that quite a bit. And uh it was it was a lot, it was a lot to handle. And but it was, you know, a short period of time it felt like that. And then then it's like I'm just totally blessed now and I have Michelle in my life and Eric and John have a sister and, and just it's just wonderful. And, you know. So, but it, it was really difficult for, for a little bit. And, uh, you know, things happened the way they happened because if I'd known about her, I probably wouldn't have John and Erica. Probably, you know, it, things probably wouldn't have worked out the way they did. But um, again, I, I knew Michelle's mom not that well. And we were just all out, you know, we're whatever, 19 and 20 and just partying and having a good time. And, you know, not just us, but, you know, whole group, whole office or whatever. And we had a one night stand and that was about it. We don't, we never really gelled. We weren't really close and never did get close. And, and Michelle's mom came up pregnant, like visibly pregnant a few months later. And I went to talk to her. I said, you know, is that, is that mine? I said, no, no, it's so-and-so's that the man that she told Michelle. And uh, so I'm like, 19 or 20, I'm like, okay, you know, no responsibility. I don't have to, I'm peace out, you know, and really hadn't, you know, really hadn't thought much about it. Yeah. That's such a valuable perspective. And I told you before we even started recording that I was so excited to talk to all of you, but specifically to you, because there's, it's just a different viewpoint than we've had. And it's something that I've thought about a lot, just like, what is the responsibility of the mother in this situation? What, and that's kind of where we as, as women, I think come from. And then you have to think about the effect that this is going to have on the father and especially a father. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying already. And especially a father like you, who really, you saying that that's a part of your identity is so, it's just really touching. I just really feel for you when you when you put it that way thinking that you you know being devastated that you, you're finding out that you had a daughter that grew up the way that she did and instead of immediately being angry that this was kept from you or getting walls up or defenses up or what does she want from me anything like that your immediate reaction was to grieve for her is just it's really beautiful and it's really sad so you it, find it, this out no like i say it is sad it's sad that you know she had to grow up with what her mother told her yeah her father didn't want anything to do with her and um it just you know just breaks my heart and you know despite what erica said i'm not the world's greatest dad but you know I've, i have tried and i've tried to you know break a cycle within our family where you know we moved around a lot when i was growing up and never really established roots and you know, it was just rough and when i got married to erica's mom and uh you know and back then we did things young me and erica's mom got married when i was, I was 23 and we had john when i was 28 which was actually and the eric was i was 30 
we were actually a little bit older than most of the, their friends' parents. But, you know, we, we built a house. I was 27 years old, you know, and determined to have one spot for them, a home place that they could always come back to and, and all that and, and just make it, you know, better than what I had. And uh, it obviously didn't work out quite the way I'd hoped. I had a little, you know, my mind of a way I wanted my kids to be brought up and, and nurtured and cared for. And it just could not be further from the ideal with Michelle. It just, you know, yeah. just breaks my heart. It really does. And I don't want to, again, we don't, don't need to pry or anything like that. But when that, that was actually the next thing I was going to ask about was kind of to take it actually when we're taking everything back to the beginning. Um, and we have seen when we're talking about cycle, breaking the cycle, there is such a tendency for fathers to either continue the cycle and that they were grown up and, or really rebel against it and say, okay, I've seen what I don't want to be. So I'm going to really try to be the father that I didn't have. Can you speak a little bit more if you're comfortable to how you grew up? Well, you know, my, you know, my father probably had a rough childhood as well and whatever, but he was, he's very, I would say emotional, psychologically abusive, if not sometimes physical, but just not, um, he was just, I don't know, he's just an asshole and not nurturing, not caring, would yell at me for stupid stuff that, you know, was a, a teaching moment and he would just, you know, be an ass about it. And, uh, of course I'm also one of four kids, so there's all that going on too, but, uh, he just was at that from that generation. And, you know, my mom tried her best, but she didn't have a personality to stand up to that. So it wasn't, it wasn't a horrible childhood, but it wasn't ideal. And like I said, moving around, I mean, we moved from one state to another when I was a junior in high school and I was just really affected me, hurt me. And, uh, you know, so I, I was determined not to do that. I didn't for yeah for a while, but um, you never did. No, did did my best for him. Of course, you know I was was not a perfect parent. So I know I look back, so you know I would have done things differently. But you know, it was better than what I had. So yeah, it seems like Erica. I don't know how long you were in therapy, but you were at the very least in therapy. It seems like when your parents were splitting up, and I don't know if that was the impetus for that, Dirk. Are, are you therapized? <laughs> because yeah, I've been in even... therapy. Yeah, I've been through several rounds and uh, yeah, sure have. Yeah, you can and, tell. Uh, yeah. You know, it just, uh, the, you know, the whole divorce thing was, was rough and, you know, break it up and, and giving up on the, you know, on the dream of being married forever and having grandkids and come over to the homestead and all that. No, it's all, all a little rough. And then I, you know, went through some addictive behavior as well with alcohol and other things. So, it, but I don't know. Right now I'm in the best place I've ever been in my life. So it's it's all good. And now we've got Michelle. Well, it's not a new notion. And I would hope that someone's told you this, but to say giving up, I think is a total misnomer. I think a 20 plus year marriage with two, three beautiful children who have gone on to be great people. It's an and accomplishment that should be celebrated. Yeah. I don't really mean giving up, but I'm being given up on that, that, you know, macro view of here's how I want my life to be, which was completely the opposite of how I was raised. It was, it was hard to do. But. So you meet, meet Michelle's mom at work, one night stand, approach her about this baby. She says, no, it's this, this guy's, and you kind of just move on past that and go on to have meet, meet Erica's mom and have kind of that idyllic stage in your life. When you find out that you have another daughter. And your immediate reaction is sadness. 
what did you, for her, for, for, for Michelle, what feelings did you have towards Michelle's mom? Well, you know, there's some, there's some anger there. You know, if I'm going to take it, we're, you know, we're going through what Michelle's mom said to her. So we're going through a, a third party and a filter there. And we don't know what r was really going through her mom's head right at that point. But the thing is, she didn't really know me that well. And she probably, whether she really thought it was the man that she told Michelle who it was, or she suspected it was me, you know, if she thought it was me, I mean, she didn't know who I was, really. She didn't know if I was going to cause more complications for her in life than, than it would, than I could solve. So I can't, I don't know where she's at. I don't really feel any, any, you know, resentment towards her because I just don't know. And I hadn't talked to her. So I just can't really say. Yeah. Cause I was, when we went into the kitchen and I was talking to Ricky and I was like, okay, I'm so excited to dive into this because I have had, I have mixed feelings, right? There's you, you read about and you hear about women that become pregnant and whether or not there's an obligation to tell the father that they're pregnant. And I've always, I was, we kind of were even like, why don't we actually think about that? Do they, do we feel like, yes, they have a, they have a right to know because it is their baby or is it the woman's right to keep that to herself because of kind of what you were just saying? It, it, if it's, if it's a situation where she doesn't want the father to know, that they're having their child, like what kind of uh, obligation is there there? So I think I was actually expecting you to come in and say, no, I was angry when I found out about that. And I feel like I had a right to know if, and if, if she even knew that she was having a child that was mine. So for you to come in and kind of say that you don't harbor resentment or feel that way is interesting. Is that kind of how, well, Michelle, just, uh, and I would like to ask like Michelle and Dirk, how do you feel about like when a woman becomes pregnant, what is their obligation to the man in that situation? I, I think morally, yes, there's an obligation. I think legally, no, because there are a lot of unhealthy situations. But yeah, morally, I absolutely. I think that the, the father has a right to know and typically usually should know. Yeah, I just don't think like there should be any legality to it because right. there are a lot of unhealthy situations and, and certain reasons why a wouldn't, woman wouldn't say. But yeah, morally, I think so. Yeah. What about you, Dirk? Well, if I, you know, the thing is that if I knew Michelle's mother better, um, you know, I might have a little bit more of a, you know, a, opinion on that but but as far as like you know overall taking us out of the loop here i don't know you know father is an important part of the, the dna there and right uh, you know should have i feel like they should have an opportunity to know and been part of her life and and have not be denied being part of her life is what most upsetting again that's uh that's said and that's all said and done. So it doesn't really, in, in my case, now, if you're talking about globally, that's a different way. But in, in our case, me and Michelle's case, it doesn't matter right now. It's all under right. the bridge. I think the answer is probably just situational, nuanced, incredibly yeah. nuanced. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it comes down to what, who is that person mm -hmm. in the mother's life? Thank you for hashing that out with me. Cause that was the, that was the, one of the first things I thought of, cause I've had friends who have gotten pregnant and have been like, I'm not telling the father, which in some cases is the best thing to do. But then you have a man like Dirk, who that would be a terrible place to be in. It sounds like you came into this conversation first. And Erica, when you told Dirk about Michelle, did you reiterate all of the information that Michelle had given you as far as like, this is who she said the father was, her father has not been, she hasn't had the greatest relationship with her father. Did you lead with all of that? Basically, yeah. So I just kind of read the messages, I think. Right. One, I'm a chronic oversharer. So <laughs> I'm like, you need to know every detail if I have to know every detail. And, I, you know, I told him the names that were meant, like the mom and the supposed dad. And yeah, I, he said, oh, yeah, I think they were dating at the time or maybe they were on and off. I don't really know the situation there, but. 
Can you imagine what a freaking blast from the past? You would be like, oh my God. And then Michelle, when you're listening to Dirk explain how he was feeling when he found out about you, how does that make you feel? You know, it's it's funny because I think Eric, before I even talked to Dirk, Eric had told me that he was having some guilt and I felt felt terrible because that was not my intention. That's not what I wanted from this. I wasn't, I mean, maybe if it was that guy that knew about me for 42 years yet, yeah, like I, he could feel a little bad, but I didn't want, you know, Dirk to feel bad. He didn't know about me. Um, and I was, I was a little like apprehensive about even getting into my past because I didn't want to add to that guilt, but I, I just, I can't, I, I just, it'll come out. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't really hold back, so eventually they'll all come out. The never-ending cycle of guilty for someone else <laughs> being guilty. <laughs> so be it. I mean, just Dirk, thank you so much for sharing the way that you're feeling because it is. It's I think it's healing for all of us with the way that we felt about our dads, and to just hear you talk about both of your daughters and the and yourself in just such aware terms is amazing. So everyone's talked. We've decided we're all gonna meet. Michelle, you're on the way there and you decide to call your mom. Yeah. And now, so- now, it, now it's everyone's story. So we want to hear about calling your mom, what she thought, you guys meeting. We don't need to ask any. We're, we're going to let you guys have the stage. We'll, we'll ask questions if we need to. But tell us about, tell us from that point to where we are now. Give us the theater, darling. The theater, darling. This is show business, baby. <laughs> so I called her on the way down to, to go meet everybody for the first time. And I kind of talked to both Erica and Dirk about this, but I, I glossed over it a little. This is a, a little bit rough. So I called her and uh, my fatal mistake was uh, telling her I did the DNA. So I, I truly think she had, you know, four or five months to, to think of a story. And um, she came up with the best one the one that makes her completely innocent and the victim in, in this situation. So I called and I said, you know, who's Dirk Witt? And she said, oh, is that who the result came up as? And I was like, yeah, you know, who is he? And so she said, you know, they, they worked together and they were at a party. And, um, and she says that she was uh, drugged and raped. And so I asked her, you know, why, why wouldn't you tell me that maybe this was a possibility? I could see as a kid... You know, there's, there's been 20 plus years of adulthood. We could have had this conversation. Um, you know, oh, well, well, I wasn't even sure. Like, the, you know, the, the, the story evolves after time. And my thought right then was, you know, I, I kind of called knowing I was going to get lied to, but I didn't think it was going to be that bad. And I think it shows that I, I instantly believed Derek's side and not my mother's. Somebody that I hadn't even met and only had known for a few months versus somebody in my whole life my, that was in my whole life. And it also really hurt me that she didn't know I was driving down there, but I feel like in, in her way to, to to not have any blame and to be the victim, she potentially ruined a relationship I could have had with, with my father and my sister and my brother. You know, she, I, I felt like it was, it was such a selfish thing to do because she could, she, she tried to put a stain on all of it, you know, um, luckily, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of onto her by now and I didn't really let it gets me but it just it just really hurt that that she would do that and I remember Dirk like asking me about it and I kind of didn't want to get into it because I just felt like it was such a horrible accusation and knowing Erica and the way she talks about him and you know when we made it Facebook official random people are like oh you guys are are you're the luckiest person you know I've been trying to get in that family he's such a great guy and so I knew I just I know I know in my heart you know that that what's true and what isn't. And it just hurts me that she would, she would try to, you know, just, just it's selfish. That's all. 
And I want to say too that, you know, when people were saying, shit, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when people are saying, you know, oh, you're so lucky. I've been trying to get in that family for years. It's very true. I specifically think about my best friend. We've been best friends for 20 years. Her name's Emily. And uh, it's a funny like joke that we have that Emily is dad's number one daughter. And I was number two. Um, and then when Michelle comes along, dad's like, oh, looks like you're getting bumped to number two, Em. And, you know, for me, it's, she's like, excuse, you know, she's all offended. And, you know, I'm She's like, well, nothing to get. She is so salty. She's still <laughs> very salty. And she says, I told her, it's nothing to get bumped from two to three, but going from one to two, yeah, that sucks. Trust me, I've been in it for 20 years, you know. But just to talk a little bit more about the kind of person that dad is, um, in 2020, Emily's dad passed away. He was an amazing man. Uh, also, like my second dad. And dad shows up to the funeral home and you know this is like his daughter or whatever and hugs her and he told her i just want you to know if you ever need a dad i'm always here for you and i hope that you know that and that means so much to her and it's it's a genuine thing from dad so when people say like they're not being you know just nice when they say oh i've been trying to work my way in that family it's because of him he doesn't give himself enough credit clearly <laughs> um he's an amazing man and we're very, I'm very grateful to have him. I think Michelle's very grateful to have him. I know John is very fortunate to have Daddy Dirk in our lives. I do have to say that the, the few year, months I've known him, um, he's been great. I remember one of our, our very first text conversations. Um, we were talking about something, and and he wrote like, I think he 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 wrote like, oh, I can tell you're smart, just like me, LOL. And <laughs> um, like, I didn't tell him at the time, but like, I used to have a you know, father tell me I'm, I'm smart and give me compliments. And it's, it's one of those things that like, I didn't, I didn't even know that I needed that. And he's, he's filled a, a, a hole that I've had in my heart. And he's told me nothing but kindness and support. And um, you know, I'm a stranger to him and he's just accepts everybody. He's just been so accepting and I never thought that I never dreamed of I could get this result from doing my DNA test. I never dreamed. And everybody's just been so amazing and it's unbelievable. Speechless. <laughs> How did that first meeting go? I know. What was it? That's what, what I was going to do. do. Like, I know was, before, you before know Michelle do. came. So <laughs> Daddy Dirk's a big old daddy, okay? He's what, <laughs> six, four? He's a huge, he's just a big stature guy. He always has been. The softest teddy bear, clearly. <laughs> and I remember I'm like standing in the bathroom, putting makeup on. And he comes in there and he puts his head on my shoulder and he said, I'm so nervous. And like he was almost in tears. Sorry to throw you under the bus, Dad. But. He was nervous, but it was a great thing. And Michelle, you can talk about how you were walking up, walking into it. That jerk was that story. a was that a like I hope she likes me nervous. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, you know, meeting my daughter, and that's a big, big moment in your life, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was uh, yeah, and and 
Michelle had been, she'd been great this whole time too. It's like, we, you know, we text her call and talk on the phone, whatever. And she's always, we'll talk about this and that. And she's always like, well, that makes me happy for you. She's always like happy for me about this and that. Not really putting it on herself or considering her own happiness. She's always concerned about me, which has been ridiculous, but like it's been also very loving. Can't you know. handle this. You guys are can't handle it. <laughs> um, Erica, you are quite the fireball. When you met Michelle, or obviously met Michelle and then saw her, and I'm making con conjectures here, but when you met Michelle and saw her and your dad together, do they remind you of each other? <laughs> A little bit. And we have talked about this, and I think it's very true. I am very type, what is it? A. Whatever type, A, <laughs> extroverted, very like, <laughs> and my brother is totally opposite. Michelle is like the perfect mix. She yeah. genuinely is. She's cool as hell, obviously. And she's super intelligent. She's very, she's outgoing like me, but she's also very reserved like John. And it's, she's just the perfect mix. She's a lot yeah. like dad, honestly. Yeah. Dad raised two extremes and he's kind of like the mediator. And she, I think personality wise, she's the most like dad. And yeah, I want to, that's, I was, that's what, and of course, we've only known each other for a few minutes here. So I want to go around and this will be my last question. You guys can, can take it after this, but if we can get one at a time, what it would like for Erica, what it was like seeing your sister for the first time. And then obviously you and her and your dad together. And then Dirk, what it was like seeing this daughter for the first time. And then her and Erica together. And then Michelle, what it was like seeing your sister for the first time and your dad. Your new family. Yeah. So well, let's go in order. Michelle, we'll start with you. I was so nervous about going to see them. So I was driving down from Chicago. So it's a, a pretty long drive, about eight hours. And Eric was texting me like, oh, do you want to meet for pizza? And at first, like, <laughs> um, at first I kind of thought we would meet like the next morning and I'd be more prepared. And I was a little nervous about like meeting them that night. And she's like, we'll just have some pizzas and beers at dad's house and it'll be relaxed. And I'm like, you know what? A little liquid courage. A little it. Ripped band-aid <laughs> off. <laughs> a nice, like, chill environment. Not a lot of, you know, expectations. So I'm like, okay, let's let's do it. And I, I think it was, like, within a couple minutes. Like, it just felt it just felt right. I couldn't believe how, like, by the end of the night, we're all, like, singing songs and belting it out. And, like, I, we just, I just felt, like, immediately it just, it was right. And it we connected and there wasn't a lot of awkwardness or tension or it just, I, I was shocked, honestly, like, cause I can be a, a very reserved and I just felt right away. It was just, it was just right. I don't know. I love that. And, it, and of course we felt the exact same way when we all met each other. Did you see some of yourself in Erica and did you see some of yourself in Dirk? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Like me and I think me and Erica are, are very different, but like very similar in a lot of ways. It's, it's, it's funny. Yeah, and the same with Dirk, you know, where where there's a lot of just have similarities or like I think all of us are in sales, which is just an odd, like what are the challenges everybody? <laughs> and something specific too is we're all in very random ass sales. <laughs> Michelle sells garage doors. I'm in industrial refrigeration and dad is in what is that, Dad? Professional <laughs> photography. Professional <laughs> photography. So like it's all so random. I love that. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Erica, seeing your seeing Michelle for the first time and then seeing her and her and Dirk together. And John. 
And John, yes. And John, Sorry, John. We love you, John. <laughs> all right, first of all, before she starts, here's Erica. Here's Erica that night. We go and get settled in there. Erica's sitting on the edge of her seat, grinning like a possum. Just, yep. Totally excited. Yeah. Smitten. Smitten. I was very smitten. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. And it is odd for me because I am very over the top. I think one of the best qualities about myself though is I strive to always make people feel comfortable and I'm very good at picking up on the levels of like if I feel like you're uncomfortable I'll cut it out but if I can encourage you to come out of your shell a little bit I'm always going to do that and I think Michelle's mentioned before too you couldn't find a more like open person to be like hey I'm your sister <laughs> just right? immediately no. accepting and be like lottery. oh my god what's up girl like <laughs> just immediately but to meet her in person again it feel it was like a hole that was filled in my heart as well and I could never explain it and it just clicked and you know I invited her I think we talked about going out to dinner and I was like well maybe we should just do dinner at dad's and have it be more intimate and not I feel like it's more awkward if you go yeah. out but this feel like to a mall. Right. Yeah. So I'm also a movie or something. Crazy. Forget in a restaurant out there. Yeah. But it's uh it was amazing. And again, you know, dad was nervous. I was nervous. John was nervous. She clicked with John on a different level than she clicked with me, which I think is great. And obviously her dad clicked right away and it just felt so, it was such a happy moment for everyone involved. And I would replay it a thousand times if I could. <laughs> and hopefully we will, you know, hopefully we will. And this uh, is amazing for the pod because it was so recently. Like this is a fresh <laughs> memory, which is so amazing. Fresh mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, All right, Dirk. Well, uh, yeah, Michelle just kind of like melded it in the family. I mean, we just like, you know, nobody had to, you know, go out of the way to open up or be warm or everything. Everything just kind of, you know, clicked. And then, um, you know, and we had been talking for four or five, six months or whatever it was before she came down here. And I was just really happy to see both both John and Erica embrace Michelle and both of them talking to her independently of, of me. And they're having their own little thing, their own little relationship. Well, they knew it just her first that, <laughs> Yeah, it was just, um, it, was, it, was, it was great. And, uh, you know, and it's been a awkward I'm not sure really, really what's the adjective. It's kind of a, a different relationship with you, Michelle. You know, I don't, I don't want to come on too strong, but then I don't want to be like too slow to respond. So it's, we've just had to find our way and find, get to know each other and, and, you know, build the relationship from scratch, you know, which was, you know, it's just been a little bit, um, you know, I don't want to push you too much. And I, sometimes I feel like I ask her too many questions, things like that, but <laughs> it's all worked out well. And one of the, one of the funnest things to have Michelle is, is it's kind of died down now because everyone knows, but you know, at the beginning was like when I, I told my mother and my you know aunt and uncle who live here and certain other people that, you know, uh, friends of ours, whatever, when I tell them the story, you know, which is kind of, you know, old hat to us because we've, we've told it and we've know it and whatever. But when we tell them just to see the looks <laughs> on people's faces and the shock and it's like, Oh, gee, mom, you know, I have a, you have another granddaughter, by the way. 
And it's just just to see those reactions from from everybody. Just it's just been a lot of fun. Really. pink, yeah. When it when if and when you guys get sick of telling your story, now you can now you have a podcast to point to and just say <laughs> go for it. Listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone everyone knows now. I mean, Erica's went Facebook official with it and uh, tagged Michelle and. Michelle accepted it. Everyone. And that is, let me be very clear too. I I definitely got permission because it (laughs) is my news to share, but it's not at the same time. So it's like, this is your story to tell. If you don't want me to post it, I won't like, this is fine. And on the podcast too, I won't do this if you're not comfortable with it. I'm very like aware that it's not my, it is my business, but it's not. This is their, not to me, it's their story, yeah. you know? Yeah. Michelle, my last question for you, and I'll turn it over to my sisters. Given the way that you grew up, I'm wondering, and again, I'm trying to phrase questions in a way that's not like, I bet you felt like this, right? <laughs> Being with your family, had you ever felt like more yourself? With my... Like when you, met, when you met Erica and Dirk and John... Uh, I feel like just the way that you grew up, there might have been, it might have just been hard to just like fully let go and be who you are. Did you, how did that feel around those three? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, my, my stepfather was, could be very critical of me and because he was an alcoholic, he kind of had a sexual around him and um, you didn't know who you were going to get sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm amazed at how um, like healthy and well-adjusted their relationship and their family is. Um, and I, I mean, I know it's not perfect, but I just look at them and it's, it's, they're just so loving and everybody's just so open and kind and respectful. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it does. It just, it feels at home. It's, it's kind of crazy. And in a lot of ways, I like, I wish like, you know, we're still kind of getting to know each other. I wish we could just like skip to that part and, you know, be best friends. And, you know, I, it's just, it's, it's hard to kind of navigate that. And then especially we're, we're also far apart, you know, I think it would be different if we could just go out to dinner Friday night, you know, and and hang out and see each other and connect in that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're all getting closer every day and it's just, it's just it takes a little bit of time. That's amazing. Where are you going on your girl's trip? <laughs> <laughs> She's actually coming here. We're going to Lake of the Ozark. Oh my the goodness. third sibling, Emily, is coming. Or the fourth sibling, Emily, the third sister, is coming. Um, and then Michelle's best friend. Oh God, say what I mean. The memory. <laughs> Lauren, say what I mean. Uh, Lauren is coming so it's like me and her and then our best friends and then we got shirts made I randomly texted Erica one day and I was like I think we should do a girls trip with with our best friends and she's like okay and I think by the end of the day we had a plan set basically (laughs) everything a flying wall I would watch this like reality (laughs) TV yes we need a live feed (laughs) oh well maybe someday (laughs) maybe we'll we'll just live stream you guys we'll just live stream the channel so you can all tune in and watch (laughs) (laughs) just kidding that's incredible well we're so happy to have a happy ending on the podcast it doesn't happen very often and you all have shown incredible strength and grace and i do want to note dirk that it has not gone overlooked that even with what what michelle revealed towards the end there that you still came on this podcast and said that you have no resentment in your heart which i think that that just speaks hugely to to you and you're all very very lucky and we're so lucky to have gotten to unravel this baby with you you guys i wanted to just take a minute to just address each of you individually 
first off, Erica, who was the impetus for this whole entire thing. Unbelievable. Instigator. Impetus. <laughs> Instigator. Same, same. Watch that mouth, Dirk. <laughs> um, you, I, we were so excited to have you on. I had, I'm in charge of scheduling people for the podcast, right? So Rick was like, reach out to this girl. We know her. And I didn't, I was like, okay, sure. And then I started watching your stuff and I was like, holy shit, this girl's fucking funny. I can't wait to have her on. And just to see your spirit throughout this entire thing. Cause I know as something of a wild child, you can be misconstrued sometimes as just that. And to see you just have like the most gentle, beautiful, kind, accepting heart throughout all of this is incredible. Michelle, I mean, so it's for to for me to talk to someone that's not like me personality wise is always so interesting. And you're so and I I know I don't know all of you yet. I don't know that crazy side, but <laughs> so calm, level, and just so strong throughout everything that you've been through and brave to be able to go through all of this period. And I'm so happy that I mean, thank God that you found your family. Daddy Dirk. Save the best for last. I know. It's just, you have the most incredible, beautiful heart. And just the way that you talk about these girls and your son and your family and yourself. And again, just the level of self-awareness and just love and lack of any negative emotion towards any of this. And the way that you've approached all of it is so beautiful. And you can tell, obviously you can tell in the way that that you've raised Erica and then the, the, the genes that you have given to Michelle. So it truly has just been such an honor to speak to all three of you. Then thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for coming on. I feel like it's not a far reach to schedule an Austin trip. No. It's so we're not. Get Me and Michelle that. are planning it because we need <laughs> to see John. You guys would also love John too. He's just Again, we're polar opposites. He's very I would apprehensive. Along really well, with John. you would. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's very like, I, I don't know if I want to be on Yeah, you would. Amazing. All right, Lee, you got to break up. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, everyone needs more friends. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Truly, such a blessing. This is uh, a highlight of the season, which is really saying a lot at this point. So oh, wow, we're so awesome. appreciative. Thank you all. We will Thank see you, you on the other side. So much love. Thank you guys. All Thank right. you so much. All yeah. right. Bye, girls. Bye. Y'all, what a beautiful story. I'm uh, so obsessed with them. They're amazing. That was it was just touching all the way around. And I think my favorite part. Obviously, I think every episode we grow in the like preconceptions that we bring into it or something that we anticipate they're going to say. So to just hear um, Dirk's really, really unique and for me, unexpected perspective on how he felt uh, upon finding out about Michelle and how he's approached the situation as a whole was just really touching, especially as the three of us miss our dads more and more every single time we do this podcast so that was um I mean brought me to tears for sure several times yeah I think my favorite part was really um seeing how highly Erica regards her father (laughs) she she is obsessed with him she messaged me just as soon as we just got (laughs) off that video and said can we just all agree on how cute daddy Dirk is (laughs) um so just seeing that 
in action and then seeing Michelle sort of uh, being so grateful and taking on a little bit of that affinity that Eric has Erica has was really special. I really loved just seeing I think I'm always just afraid that that uh, because I probably projected that people are going to be kind of like holding on to things and holding grudges and being like vindictive and just thinking and uh, listening to Michelle and knowing that she is she doesn't like lament the past as hard as some people might and she's just like fully looking forward to embracing the future with her new family her new additional family and um yeah just knowing that I think they have a very bright future and I'm kind of hoping for for them to pull like a Kendall and Corey situation (laughs) (laughs) a move move yeah yeah that would be so sweet well springfield and chicago fortunately are not that far away they're not it's probably like a four-hour drive i learned that and daddy dirk's house in tennessee can just stay home base yeah Yeah. and another family compound daddy dirk's house is a hogwarts common room (laughs) i completely understand what you're saying i also hope that this all culminates with a trip to Austin because holy geez, I, we got to meet them. We absolutely have to meet them in person. But until we do, we are signing off. In the meantime, we hope you leave feeling a little bit more normal in your own family dynamic, excited for the possibilities and more curious about the world around you. Have a good week, take things in stride and leave people better than you found them. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
I don't know. This is going to fuck me up. And I'm like, oh, an amazing alive dad right there. <laughs> I uh, feel oh. the same way a little bit. 